0: I'll take it easy on you today. I'll be honest, you know, I'm feeling very confident now that I am a uh, an uncle. It's a it's a big responsibility. It's a real yeah. responsibility. Major and, title
1: uh, here on the show now.
0: First uh first show post uncle life. And I got to be honest, uh you know, I'm just feeling mature. I'm feeling wise. Uh I I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling like I can just spread knowledge to younger generations Absolutely. here now. Absolutely. I feel yeah. uh, I feel funnier. I don't know. I just the you know. It's just one of those things. Already, I'm like, all right. I got. I feel like I got uncle jokes ready to go, and I don't even know if that's a real thing or not. But I, 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 you know, I'm just ready. Uh, So, well, uh,
1: you've clearly got life down. You know, you yeah. There's nothing left to experience. No, I mean, listen, just bestowing it upon others. Yeah,
0: I live in a very, very, very small two-bedroom apartment in a in Quincy, Illinois. And all because my little brother has a gorgeous four-bedroom home in beautiful South Carolina with his incredible wife and just had a baby, I feel more mature. I feel like I got life figured out. <laughs> right, uh, you know, exactly. I, I got, <laughs> no question, uh, I put all of those pieces together. Uh, but you know, honestly, Dan, no, it's it's a lot of fun, and I've, I'm. Uh, so if I'm if I'm extra wound up today, it's because I'm feeling very cocky is is not the fact that now I'm an uncle.
1: There you go. Hey, well deserved congratulations to you and the and the Hespens, Phil uh, and Haley. You know, uh, props to them. It's gonna be a lot of sleepless nights, I imagine, over the next several yeah. weeks. Yeah. But you know. uh, hey, that's just how it goes.
0: You know, listen, little Kirby Quinn, she's a firecracker from what I've heard. Kirby Quinn has been, and uh she's adorable. And it's funny, I was I was laughing with my sister Julia. I was like, we were talking a couple weeks ago, and I was like, you know, I wanna be the guy. I I'm not gonna pressure them for like photos. You know, I'm obviously very excited to meet my, you know, we didn't know at the time, you know, they, they waited to find out till birth, but now niece. And I was like, you know, I was like, I'm not gonna be that guy. And now I'm just, but honestly, now I'm like, it's, she's been alive for 72 hours, and I'm like, all right, where's the next picture? Come on, people, here, I gotta see this baby. I keep <laughs> every time my phone buzzes, I'm like, is it another photo of the baby? I, I'm like addicted to seeing my niece now. I'm, 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 So
1: now Uncle Mark's gonna hook her up with the bear shirt and the Miller oh, Lite headband. Listen, I imagine
0: that you know what I need. I need to get her like the. Uh, I need to get her like the Jim McMahon, like Adidas <laughs> right. headband.
1: And yes, or we're yeah. talking we're talking running the back say, the Wal-
0: Walter yeah Walter Payton a yeah. little sweetness uh, certainly for sure no there's no way in heck she's not a Bears fan luckily uh, as much as I love my sister-in-law Haley she's not exactly a sports person so Phils doesn't have to battle like dominant like whatever Phil's sports say goes and that's you know. Uh, right now, I'm not, it, the fact that the Cubs on a 10 game losing streak, don't really want them to be a Cubs fan, but welcome to the, welcome to the Cubs fan <laughs> right. and uh, Bears no fandom. You know, maybe, uh, hopefully, hopefully her birth will be exactly the luck that we need. Now there's another roam roaming the earth to uh, get Justin Fields to be an all pro and uh, start, a, start a dynasty here for the Chicago Bears.
1: No doubt, no doubt. And that's, um, that's kind of a good segue into our show here on the Football Lounge episode 40 mark. Whoa. So we're, we're getting up there. Hey, we're I'm getting up there. For I, sure. It's
0: a weird, it's a weird feeling. I'm about to hit episode a hundred of my, of my other show that the I do radio for, on, on KHMO. Yeah. My sports show. It's a milestone awesome. celebrating milestones. Episode 40 is a big one. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. No question. No question at all. And, uh, you know, congrats to you on the hundred and uh, we'll hopefully hit that Mark, uh, you know, within, I guess that would be if we keep on this pace, uh, sometime early next year so. Let's keep it going.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um,
1: But, yeah, today's a a fun one for you all. Not anything major news in terms of uh, pressing information out of the National Football League. So we thought we would have some fun. And, uh, you know, several months back, we did our top ten quarterbacks of all time list. And now we're making our way through the positions at our top ten running backs of all time. And that's kind of what we're going to pour through here Uh, Mark and I do not know each other's lists. We don't know where we have players ranked. We don't know how similar or dissimilar our lists are. So this will be interesting to see where we agree and where we disagree in terms of our top 10. Um, And, you know, kind of the parameters, it's a similar thing with the quarterbacks list. Although I would imagine, Mark, you'd agree that titles probably mean a little bit less to us for running back than it did with the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, typically the wins and the uh, titles factor in a lot more than the other positions would you agree
0: i certainly titles honestly it's one of those things it didn't really go into factor a ton i think um i think it's one of the running backs that is the main position where you feel like no matter what era guys could succeed in for the most part in multiple different eras except for you know maybe some of the newer guys maybe some of the the young guys growing up now maybe wouldn't do so hot in the air where it's like, no, you're looking back at some of the numbers, like Earl Campbell getting 372 carries uh in, you know, it, it's like, I don't know. Right. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if David Montgomery could hold up to that type of workload. Uh, I think the modern guys would say, of course they could, but it's, you know, different areas, different NFL for sure. But I think overall it is the one position that is the easiest maybe to say, wow, no matter if you, Took a guy from uh, who is a great athlete in the 30s or 40s, and gave him modern day training, could be a good, a great athlete or a good athlete in the modern day NFL as well. So that one, it's that one position where you feel like the size of the backs have always been kind of fluctuating. You've always had undersized running backs. You've always had big running backs uh, in different eras. It's a, it's a very unique position in the NFL. And in the modern day NFL, the running back, uh, you know, it's been. Slightly marginalized, but you got guys like Derrick Henry really bringing back the idea of the bell cow back and the difference uh, of it, and, and even so, you know, more recently with Adrian Peterson, names that uh, I, you know, uh, that I, I know we're gonna we're gonna touch on here. So uh, very interesting, but yeah, titles was the one thing. I I don't think I've written down in all the stats of my guys, besides maybe Emmitt Smith, the fact of m- mentioning the fact that they were a part of a dynasty or titles sure. or anything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and the feelings mutual here on that front. Uh, it just doesn't matter as much uh, you know cuz it's just not it's not a position that's uh, you know that has to touch the ball every play and that's uh, required to make calls at the line of scrimmage and things like that that's why quarterback is such a unique position in all of sports but uh, to your point running back has been one of those positions that you've said from from generation to generation there've always been these great running backs that you feel could have transcended um that transcended the sport and could have moved themselves into a different generation and still had similar, if not the same, success. I think we would agree Jim Brown would still probably dominate uh, in today's NFL uh, had he been around you know, in, in his uh, early 20s here in the 2020s. So uh, with that being said, uh, we can just kind of dive right into our list, Mark. So yeah. um, much like we did with the quarterbacks, uh, we'll start with number 10 each, and we'll each kind of work our way up to number one and – Look, I, I I'm just saying the initial thoughts. We were talking about this before we started recording. We think that there will be quite a few similarities here, since we grew up with a lot of the you know dominant backs of the you know pa- the, this century at least. Um, but I think ten through six is going to be really interesting because that's where I think more of our disagreements will be. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and again, this is one of those where you see a lot of guys. I mean, you, you start looking at the list on like you know of all-time leading rushers and stuff like that there is a bunch of guys Dan um that are all kind of packed in there um you know only separated by maybe a thousand yards or a year or two in their career so a lot of it is pick your sure. flavor and so uh you, you know for me again I like to think of this like I like well, exactly like what we did when we talked um quarterbacks I think of it as all right if I'm building a team, the type of offense I want to run, uh, playing in the modern game, but also feeling like they could have really great success in the in the in the previous eras, uh, that's what I was going for. All around game was very important to me. Receiving, being able to run, catch the ball, in the backfield, being a little bit more dynamic was very important to me when I was doing this. So uh, those are kind of some of the thought process going in for me as as I as I start this. But I'll get it started. I'll I'll kick it off with number ten, and for me, number ten. Uh, is a Hall of Famer. Every guy on my list is a Hall of Famer, first and foremost, or or will be a Hall of Famer, uh, just numbers-wise. And uh, this is a guy that I think um, was wrongfully left off the NFL All-100 team. Uh, he's my number 10 back of all time, and it's Marshall Falk. Uh, 12,279 yards rushing, 100 um, rushing touchdowns. For Marshall Falk, Uh, that puts him 12th all-time in the list for just rushing yards. An 11-year NFL career. Uh, He is the guy, though, that really is, when you look at the reception yards, uh, he is the guy that even more so than the LTs or some of the other guys you think of as guys who caught the ball well out of the backfield, he's the guy 6,825 rushing yards and a guy that also adds in 36 rushing touchdowns. I mean, those are insane numbers when you look at some of the other guys you think of like are great uh, all-around backs. Marshall Falk may be, uh, for just pound for pound, the most versatile running back in NFL history as far as uh, durability, rushing the ball between the tackles, speed on the outside, catching the ball, making something out of nothing, and was part of that greatest show on turf. So he was part of a prolific offense. Uh, Similar to what we'll talk about when I get to Emmitt Smith on my list, A guy that, you know, while he doesn't maybe get as much credit as a Walter Payton, as a Barry Sanders, because they were kind of one-man shows, Marshall Falk, though, was an integral part of a historic NFL offense, and so I think he's deserved top 10. Maybe a little low. I would have no problems if he's higher on your list, Uh, but I would have a little problem if he's not on your list, because he's a guy to me that deserves top 10 recognition. Marshall Falk at 10.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, interesting his career arc too, where he started with the Colts, obviously, you know, with uh, and then Peyton Manning, you know, gets drafted and he has a, a season with Manning as well before you know moving on, um, and and he was kind of considered you know a hothead of sorts early on in his career, very volatile player, and no one was really sure is he going to yeah. be a guy that can stand within a locker room, and that seemed to completely change once he goes over uh, to the Rams, and of course uh, we know the the Super Bowl the dynamic offense and his cerebral mind too. I mean, that's a big thing is like he was always touted as one of the guys that knew where everyone on the field was supposed to be. He could tell the receiver where they were supposed to line up or the right tackle what their assignment was on this play. So, you know, that that's a big part of it too is that, you know, Falk, for him to be as good as he was, not only did he have great vision, but he knew where people were and where they were supposed to be and where they were going to be on the defense as well. Uh, an impressive guy, and and I agree with him being on this list as well. I'm not going to give away where I have him, either in my honorable mentions or in my top 10. But, uh, you know, I think I, I, I can definitely agree with, uh, you know, what you said about him there. For number 10 for me, you know, maybe I have him too low, I guess, because I feel like he's got to be in your top 10. Might not. O.J. Simpson. Number 10 for me, O.J. Simpson, 11,000 yards. That's only 21st uh, all-time in terms of rushing yards, but what OJ did uh, during his run of a decade uh, was pretty impressive. I mean, five-time first-team All-Pro, uh, and, and his 76 uh, total touchdowns maybe aren't the most uh, you know incredible stat that you could throw out as most of the other guys. I think that's actually the least uh, on my entire top-ten list here for total touchdowns. But what we have to also factor in is what he did amongst his contemporaries was unbelievable. I mean, first off, he was the first member of the 2000 yard club, which can't be understated because the guy played 14 games. It's an insane season. It's an insane season. It's insane to think because few have been able to match that since, and we're talking, we're going on 50 years, uh, 1973 did in 14 games. And during that season, he averaged six yards a carry which for a season, as we know, is extremely difficult for a running back to achieve in a time where all the defenses were keyed in on just stopping people from running the ball. Uh, His dynamic ability uh, out of the backfield, too. I mean, look, his receiving stats like won't blow anybody away, Um, but he had that ability. And we all just his break breakaway ability is what kind of separated him from most of his contemporaries. And most of those in NFL history, uh, the guy could break off an 85-yard touchdown run at any given moment. And, you know, the stats may not be what puts him in the top 10, um, but the fact that he was a five-time first-team All-Pro, the fact that he paved the way for the 2,000-yard club, and the fact that he had, like, a five-year run of absolute dominance uh, definitely puts him in here for me. Not to just mention his talent. He passes the eye test uh, for sure. And he he was kind of one of those first – of the leaner, taller backs that had that kind of breakaway speed that, you know, the Marcus Allens would have, uh, you know, just a few years later too. So all of that combined puts OJ there for me.
0: All right, OJ Simpson at 10 for you. I'm going to move on to number nine for me, and I'm going ED, Eric Dickerson. Um, Eric Dickerson, to me, is a guy, obviously, the stats speak for themselves, ninth all-time in rushing, 13,259 yards, 90 touchdowns rushing, uh, was not as versatile as a catcher. Uh, 2,137 yards, only six touchdowns, but a five-time All-Pro. Uh, three times he led the league in rushing, and he was a guy that came into the league right as Walter Payton was in his prime. And he was the guy that you looked at as like, oh my gosh, this guy is the next Walter Payton. Now he never hit that legendary status, and he never had that extra speed and determination. He's it's a lot. It's funny to me. He's a lot like if I go if 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 Walter Payton's MJ, he is Kobe. Like to the MJ, he's like 90 percent of Walter Payton. Which if you're that, if you're ninety sure. percent of Walter Payton, you take it. <laughs> you are you're a top ten running back of all time. I mean, he's another member of the two thousand yard club. Uh, he did it his sec- second year at only twenty four years old. Again, the amount of carries he had fo- in in nineteen eighty six. Again. When the league was about running the ball and stopping the run, he had 404 carries, 1,821 yards. Uh, I mean, those are numbers that you can't even fathom today. You just can't fathom. Um, Eric Dickerson, hard, tough runner, had breakaway speed, was a between-the-tackles guy could get outside. Uh, Eric Dickerson comes in at number nine for me. Maybe a little low, but, you know, you start to see some of the other names on the list. And I think there's just guys ahead of him that have a little bit more of the special. Eric Dickerson, hard worker, great running back, long career as well. Full, solid 10-year career. uh, And didn't really fall off um, for the first, you know, for the first seven years of his career. uh, Was just nothing but dominant. 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards, 2,000 yards. um, uh, All-time great running back and a a member of the NFL All-100 team as well.
1: And another one of those tall, uh, you know, more lean guys for yes. sure. But yeah, he definitely brought uh, some violence to his running style as well, which was a big part of his success. Uh, success in between the trenches. Uh, number nine for me is uh, another violent runner, probably the most violent runner of all time. Adrian Peterson uh, comes in at number nine for me, and and that uh, it's low in terms of the stats because the guy is fifth all time right now in rushing yards with fourteen thousand eight hundred twenty. Uh, he has just over 17,000 from scrimmage. That's 11th all-time, 124 total touchdowns, and he's four-time first-team All-Pro, likely not going to reach that status again, so that will likely be, um, you know, the four-time first-team All-Pro will be his final accolades there in terms of those awards. But Adrian Peterson, I mean, when he came into the league in the mid-2000s, there there was no doubt right away. I mean, he's one of the few that I can recall coming right out of college and living up to the billing immediately, like instantly becomes a member of the Minnesota Vikings and was dominant. He was the best running back in the league uh, next to like LT, you know, at the time or whatever you could argue Frank Gore, but he was right in that company as a rookie. Uh, and, and then just goes on to, um, to set records left and right. Uh, another member of the 2000 yard club did that in 2012 Uh, Still holds the record for most rushing yards in a game, 296. I think we all remember that game back in 2007 against the Chargers. Unfathomable uh, rushing. I don't think that'll ever be broken. That's one of those.
0: I don't know if that'll ever be broken.
1: I I don't see it. You know, obviously the way that teams are playing now, you just don't get those opportunities for one. And yeah, that's, that's another level of dominance. I mean, the fact that even during the heavy running eras of the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, no one was able to amass that kind of performance. And, um, and look, it's just, it's the combination of vision, the absolute power, like that guy's legs, the power he ran with. And I mentioned the violence. I mean, I, the guy was, uh, w- is probably revered as one of the most difficult running backs to tackle because he was just not, he was not stopping. He was going to con- keep moving for another three, four yards. His ability to push for that, um, there's a lot you could say about AP, man, but I, I think he deserves to be in this list just because of what he did um, so far up to this point. The only active player I have on this list, but I think he's already put himself into that conversation. And who knows, man, he's fifth all time right now in rushing yards. He, he might put himself into the you know top three category of that by the end of his career because dude's still going.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I, I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. Uh, I'll just say this: a little low for where I have him on my list because I'm going to go at number eight now, and I think this is someone that's that, fair
1: enough. I could be persuaded.
0: I think this is so. someone that you're going to. It could shock people that this name's coming at this moment, but I'll make my case why I think the, uh, everyone above this list I think is, is just uh, well. All right, let's just get to the name. At number eight <laughs> for me is Emmett Smith. So obviously, let's, you know, the elephant in the room is, you know, well, Emmett Smith's the all time leading rusher. And of course he is, uh, 18,355 yards. His numbers are absolutely gigantic. Uh, He has uh, 164 rushing touchdowns, uh, caught the ball well over the length of his career, long, long career, 3,224 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns receiving, four time uh, first team All Pro. Uh, but all four of those years were the 90s Cowboys dynasty years. 92, 93, 94, 95. Now, here's what I'll make the case why Emmitt Smith, uh, to me, falls at this moment. And I think, it, and it's, again, it's kind of this thing that we had in the quarterback thing for me as well. Where there's then a bridge where it's like everyone above him on this list, from my opinion, had an, an immense amount of something that was so uniquely special. Where I think Emmett, what made him special, is something that's a little easier to quantify and maybe more duplicatable, which you're seeing kind of with Frank Gore. Is it's just a length thing? Emmett Smith was able his durability, and I get it. Availability is is your best ability, and you can make that argument. But to me, Emmett Smith's the Drew Brees of the quarterback list. Whereas it's like, yes, he is a very valuable member. To those three Super Bowls for the Dallas Cowboys. He is that, he is that third pillar with it. its Aikman, it's Michael Irvin, and it's and it's uh and it's it, Emmett Smith. But Emmett Smith benefited so much from the dynasty that was the Dallas Cowboys and everything else around him. Not saying that he's a system, and you could argue certainly that he, you know, maybe deserves more credit than a true uh Troy Aikman or a or a or a Michael Irvin. I didn't have Troy Aikman as one of my top ten quarterbacks of all time, but I'm putting Emmett Smith as one of my top ten running backs of all time. And I get it. If you want to make the argument and uh, and die in the sword of just the stats, then yeah, uh, you're going to hate me for putting him at number eight on this list versus not being in the top five. But for me as a guy, if I'm building my team around, I'm not looking for. Uh, there there are there's to me easily seven other guys. I'd say, oh yeah, I want that talent for my team on this one game in their prime talent to build an elite offensive weapon around again. Again, I have to, I'm not making the case for Emmitt Smith because his numbers make the case for him. The reason the the case I'm making is slightly just how do I have him at eight and not in the top five is that I think there's a couple of the guys with just uh, that pure amount more of a little bit of special uh, that they have in their game for if I'm one game, big time moment, I need a guy who can who can do a little bit more of everything with just a little bit of more special physical ability? Uh, Emmitt's durability—it's incredible. I mean, he he literally a thousand yards, uh, fifteen hundred yards in his second season. He never went below again a thousand yards until two thousand two. I mean, it was a ten-year span of 10, over a thousand yards rushing by those great Cowboy offensive lines, uh, great Cowboy offenses with Troy Aikman. Uh, but uh, it, I think that takes it a little bit away from me, uh, and, and, and uh, Emmett Smith comes in at number eight on this list. Maybe I'm the idiot. You know, he's an NFL, uh, deservedly so, in the all-time NFL team, and his numbers are insane, uh, but I think there's some other guys with a little bit of special, and that's what I'm looking for, and I'm talking about best running backs of all time.
1: Yeah, that's the hard part of this list, is like anything seems like a slight, even though it's still top 10 all time. You know, yeah. it's like... You know, you're one of the greatest ever. Uh, it's just hard to to formulate, you know, some of the, the people on the list. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree uh, with a lot of what you said there because, you know, it's it's hard to quantify how much of it was fudged just by having one of the greatest, you know, offenses of all time. And, you know, you, you can fall into the end zone four times a game because Troy Aikman and company – get down to the one yard line and, you know, you pound it in. And so obviously he's got a ton of touchdowns, Yeah, uh, but that, that plays a role. Number eight for me. Oh, go ahead. I think the last thing I
0: wanted to say is like, to me, if for like, I'll just let the argument make for itself. When I, when I, when I tell you my top five, I'll be, what I'll say is watch their YouTube highlights, like the best three minutes of YouTube on my top five and the best three minutes YouTube on Emmett Smith. You'll see a slight difference of like, Holy crap. That right. makes that guy special versus like Emmitt Smith, durability, straight, a head runner through the tackles, all time great. And his durability and his ability, you know, it all should be lauded because of of how long he was able to do it. And then the yards put up for it. But it's just that little bit of when I say special, that's what I mean. Watch the three minute highlight YouTube clip or the NFL yeah. all 100 team highlight clip on him. You'll notice something in my top five guys versus Emmett. That's why, to me, I, I just can't be a top five guy.
1: For sure, for sure, I agree with that. Um, number eight for me is uh, one you've already mentioned. Eric Dickerson falls at number eight for okay. me, and um, you know he's he's inside the top ten of all time yards and all of that stuff. So obviously, it, it seemed fitting to put him inside the top ten uh, of running backs. He was also five team first, five time first team All Pro, which. I think those are important because, uh, you know, Pro Bowls are one thing, but to, to be an All-Pro, uh, it, it's measuring you against the the others in your league at your position. And, We've you talked know, about it, best. yeah. We've talked um, about
0: All-Pro being so much more valuable in the NFL than the Pro Bowl. If you've met, if you've noticed no so question. far, I haven't mentioned Pro Bowls yet. I've only mentioned All-Pros because I, I agree. I yep. just want to make that comment here. I do agree. I think that is so important.
1: Yeah, and it's you know, and the, the people he played with during that time as well, in the you know, the early '80s, um, there were quite a few good running backs during that time. <laughs> so couple, for him to yeah. clear that threshold, uh, it's pretty impressive. Uh, we've already kind of talked about, you know, I, he's got the iconic neck roll. That's what I'll always remember him by, and the and the glasses, of course. Um, but dude just had a motor, and um, you know, we've already kind of talked about his stats. You know, 96 total touchdowns in his career. He has the most rushing yards ever in a season with twenty-one oh five and in eighty four, um, and you know he's he's a member of some of those elite clubs of running backs that uh, don't come around very often. And uh, he had that unique blend of of his uh, height and uh, lankiness, but he had the power. And uh, he he you mentioned you know he didn't he doesn't have crazy reception stats. But he was pretty adept out of the backfield. I mean, the guy did was able to pr- provide in the receiving game when asked upon him. Um, so I think that's a big part of it too. And look, I mean, if you can clear thirteen thousand yards on the ground, you're doing something right. And um, yeah, you know, maybe others would argue he deserves to be a little bit higher, but he comes in at eight for
0: me. Yeah, no, I again, I, I right there because I had him at nine. I think we we definitely we see Eric Dickerson. On a very similar plane. And again, yeah. I think the yeah. best way to describe Eric Dickerson is he's eighty five percent he's of Walter Payton, which, which means it's like Kobe. He's 85% of Michael Jordan, which means he's a damn good, damn good player. Oh, yeah. um, I, I'm going to go to number seven for me. So now when I mentioned like Emmitt Smith's kind of that like line of demarcation, kind of similarly to why, like I I got mentioned like when we did the top 10 with Drew Brees, like I said, Drew Brees will always be in the top 10 of quarterbacks because of his stats. Like, again, yeah. that deserves something. And I feel that way I about I think that Emmett. was a
1: really good comparison. I think I,
0: I feel that way about Emmett Smith. But I feel like every one of these guys, to me, have the argument of like, all right, they had something that was just that little bit much more special, even if it meant not nearly as long of a career or the stats nearly as impressive. And I think because a lot of people are going to push, I think, push back on this because when I say this guy's name, well, Emmett Smith has double, exactly double the yards of this guy. And for me, number seven is Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell, again, it's one of those where if you're not old enough to remember Earl Campbell play, I was. he was retired before we were even born, five years before we were born. But Earl Campbell was Adrian Peterson, pre-Adrian Peterson. I mean, this guy was what is a physical force at a running back. He is a absolute rhinoceros coming downhill. Watch the highlights of Earl Campbell's jersey being ripped off. Running over guys. I mean, he is like the running back equivalent of Dick bugkiss Career was short because of that. Injuries really cut his career short in the back half. But three-time first-team All-Pro in 78, 79, and, and 80. As a rookie coming out, Heisman Trophy winner out of the University of Texas. Oh, he just so happened to be tutored by my mom. Not a big deal or anything. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why I know of Earl Campbell, but it's one of the reasons why, I mean, not it, you know, uh, there's a little bit to that too, but I think Earl Campbell is a guy, when you look at the stats and you look at what he did in his era, uh, I mean, again, it's 368 yard carries his second year, 372, ru- uh, three rushes his third year, 361 rushes his fourth year. I mean absolute insane amount of carries. Again at a time when you have to remember to defense was played differently back then as well. They were allowed to be way more physical, throw you to the turf, lay on you with their bodies. I mean at launching helmet to helmet contact is a different NFL. Uh and Earl Campbell was absolutely incredible. 9,407 yards rushing, 81 rushing touchdowns and Earl was a guy though. Again, he's like the pre, the prototype to then what Adrian Peterson was able to, to then be in his career. Only eight hundred six receptions, uh, but I mean on average over three hundred fifty carries averages first three years. Absolute workhorse, and a guy again. Don't just take my word for it. Take the Bill Belichick's, take the NFL historians' word for it as well. He is part of that ten. Running backs that made the NFL all 100 team. So, again, stats weren't there, but it's the special of what Earl Campbell was, uh, especially in those first five years of his career. And even after the bad injury in 82, that limited him only nine games, came back in the shortened 14 game season, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, 322 carries in 14 games. Insane comeback after the injury. And then his career just really wasn't the same after that. Uh, shortened season uh the NFL, you know, the 14 game shortened season. So, Earl Campbell, all-time great, deservedly so. I have him at 7.
1: Major thighs and oh god, um, yeah. Dude did not like to run with a jersey on either. So no. there's there's that. But um yeah, no, I, you know, count back to the uh the NFL Artifacts episode. Uh he he made my list of what I would want on my NFL Artifacts yes. wall and that that was the Rip jersey. Um he was, uh, I'll just say it right now. He was, I, I had to, I left him off this list and it, it was uh, painful. He was my number, he was either my number 11 or 12. I kind of had him like a tie basically with someone else. Um, I get it.
0: He's a, a little bit like a Tony. Ba- He's it's like tough. a Tony Basselli when it comes to like offensive tackles Yeah. where it's yeah. like, it was so short. And now the problem with Earl, so I'm giving him a little, just more the historical credit as well. And in the importance of what he did at the era he did, because yes, it's a lot like there are plenty of guys who have a lot more yards than the Curtis Martins of the world, other guys that you look at just numbers wise, but that's why to me, it's a dig deeper, a little bit thing, watch the stats, watch a little bit more of the film, appreciate what he did. And then again, I trust the word of a lot of the guys who did the NFL top 100 as well. Uh, There's a reason why he's on their list of top 10 running backs of all time. Uh, and, and, uh, I certainly couldn't find the reason to leave him off this list. That's for sure.
1: That's fair. Um, number seven for me is Emmett Smith. Um, and for many of the reasons that you mentioned, obviously the stats speak for themselves. His, uh, production speaks for itself. 175 total touchdowns. That's just an, an unbelievable number right there. It's second all time to Jerry Rice's two Oh eight talking about a record that probably won't be broken either. Nope. Um, so it, it's uh, it's extremely impressive. Uh, he's obviously you know a three-time Super Bowl champion. He was a part of the, some of those amazing teams. We talked about it though. It's it's hard to quantify sometimes. And when you look at his running style and everything, he was incredibly um, prolific. There's no question about it. But when you are asking for that special, the guys I have six through one, I would if I'm starting for in their prime. Who do I want in their prime? I'm taking these next six guys in their prime over Emmett Smith uh, just because of wh- that, that extra special thing, that quality that comes with uh, certain runners that you don't get very often. Obviously, Emmett was somewhat of a uh, unique individual himself, and his vision, I mean, his vision was incredible. That was probably his best asset and his durability, as you mentioned. But, you know, like we said, we kind of have to give a reason why we're having him lower rather than why we're having him in the top 10, because that's obvious. And, and my reasons very similar to yours is just that the stats are amazing. His productivity can't be questioned, but that's what, what, what was the, that is so super special that we, we can't identify elsewhere. It's tough to find when it's compared to some of these other guys in the list. But still, top seven guy all time, I think that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think I you know what I don't think it's as controversial as people think when we when we yeah. rank Emmett Smith. I think if it's you really forced too. guys to really look at Emmett Smith's career, again, I think it's the Drew Brees comparison. Now, the Super Bowls if you really want to get into the Super Bowls, I, I wouldn't be able to fight you on the fact that yeah he was a part of winning, and he was a part of a, one of the greatest dynasties in NFL history, so you could make that and maybe bump him up. Maybe he's a little low on our list, but again, it gets to preference, but I think you're nailing it the same way I, it, it, we feel the same way. When it comes to guys in their prime, and I just need them for one season or one game or whatever it is, there's just some other guys I think that all around were just mo- way more talented. if so They're all healthy considered and things considered, Uh, you know, you look at that when you're ranking them a little bit of of this as well. It's preference. All right, Dan, um, I'm going to go to a guy now that you've already had on your list, and he he pops up on mine. Uh, Adrian Peterson is number six for me. I think a little bit of this is the fact that we have lived through Adrian Peterson's career, and so it is so um, fresh for me as a guy who's 30 years old watching Adrian Peterson. But I don't think this is also, I don't think it's insane to put a guy like him uh, who's a top-five yeah. rusher of all time at number six. And I think one of the things, that uh, everything you mentioned, obviously, he's part of the 2,000-yard rusher club. He is a four-time first-team All-Pro, and he did it over the span of seven years. So unlike even a Barry Sanders, who did it four years in a row, Adrian Peterson's longevity. So he did it in 2008. He had, 13, 000, he had 1,300 yards as a rookie, 12 touchdowns. But then his second year uh, and, uh, and his third year in the league, Absolutely dominant over two that over uh 3,000 yards in those uh two years alone and almost 30 touchdowns. Uh, was but then was an all pro again first team in 2015. So you think about that from 2007 as rookie, but then still being an all pro year eight in the league. Uh, it's at the running back position with 1400 yards, 11 touchdowns, and again doing it with the carries. It's a different league. All of a sudden, you start to look at Adrian Peterson's stats and the carries, the actual amount of carries compared to other guys. I mean, he's getting the two thousand yard season with way less carries than the than the guys like Eric Dickerson were getting in their two thousand yard seasons. So it's an it's I think it's a perspective thing as well. Now, granted, Adrian Peterson playing against defenses he played in an era a lot like a, a you know a. a a Matthew Stafford where Matthew Stafford's era and Adrian Peterson's era are almost the same time. You know, Matthew Stafford, I think was number one pick in 08, the Adrian Peterson number like four pick in 07. There came into a league when, okay, passing because of Manning and Brady and breeze, what they were doing in the change of the guard of how the NFL's played Defense is way less physical, way more open. But that being said, Adrian Peterson capitalized a hundred percent and all that. And remember, He tears his ACL in the first game of the season in 2014. And he comes back the next year. The next year is an All-Pro. Plays 16 games, 327 carries, 1,400. First-team All-Pro, 11 touchdowns. And he, again, did it in an era against other really, really talented running backs. You know, came in at the time when LT was in his prime. Came in right at at the end of Curtis Martin just retiring. I mean, these were guys that were... Uh, that you know set the stage of how running back plays. Now, I do think Adrian Peterson gets a little bit of a hit cuz I never thought he was as elite uh, you know catching the ball. He was never asked to catch the ball in those Minnesota offices, and so that so that's stuff, but he he you know he still had over 2400 yards receiving his career, 118 rushing touchdowns. And I do think the ACL injury and how he bounced back from injury, now a lot of that's modern medicine. That was a
1: time, too, though, when when that was just, like, the turning of the guard for, like, running backs to actually be able to overcome some of those surgeries, but he was like the first one to do it. Really?
0: He was. There's a reason yeah. why even they talk about, Oh, well, clay Thompson can come back from an ACL injury because look what Adrian Peterson did. They're even talking about it in cross sport type yeah. of things. He is right. now, he reset yeah. that benchmark. And I, and I think he deserves that credit. Now, again, I, you know, there's, there's, there's off season, off field stuff. I try to not factor that in as much um, that, you know, I, I, I obviously don't love you. Can't shy away from that stuff. But if you're just talking about purely on the field, I mean, Adrian Peterson is the last of that Eric Dickerson, uh, Earl Campbell, um, uh, Jim Brown, um, Walter Payton type of. I am going to yeah. inflict pain on you when I run the football. OJ Simpson. He is the final of that. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Because you're seeing guys now who are way- making themselves, and I think smartly so, painting some- themselves more in the image of a Barry Sanders, more in the image of a, a you know of a Ladanian Tomlinson. Can we avoid the contact as much as possible with the with the shifty hips? Also, I will just add this for Adrian Peterson, the dude is a physical freak. I mean, you look at him with Absolutely. his shirt off just the way he runs the football compared to Emmett Smith I'm sorry that's a dude that's a guy you know what I mean like and and Adrian Peterson and again fair point yeah and I, and I and again you know I don't want to remember Adrian Peterson in the lean years but even then with Washington in 2018 had over 1000 yards rushing in 16 games when people thought he was washed up after that weird year the bad year in Minnesota in 16 the weird year in 17 where it was Arizona, but then get to New Orleans. He reinvented himself was able to come back again, have a thousand yards rushing. And then with Washington in, in, in 19 as well, 800 and almost, uh, almost 900 yards rushing had a nice cap to his career. I think his career is certainly done. I, I don't see Adrian Peterson really playing um, at all this year in the NFL. Maybe if a, if a team gets decimated by injuries, they pick him up. But Adrian Peterson to me is a top six running back of all time.
1: Yeah, I'm not ruling it out. He'll he'll end up on a squad, I bet, at some point. Because he'll he'll. Uh, I mean, if he hasn't announced the the retirement yet, I I'm not going to rule out <laughs> Adrian oh, I get Peterson I get to to find his way onto a squad at some point. Um, yeah, no, all, all those points well taken, and um, and that like you mentioned the aggressiveness. I I think that's probably the most when you when you just watch his tape, the burst that he could get in 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 point five seconds the the burst he and had breakaway was unbelievable. speed but he was too. already it was incredible
0: and yeah. just galloping i mean just you watch some of those runs where he pulls away from safeties and defensive backs at 62 225 i mean it it's it just a physical freak shouldn't
1: be it shouldn't be able to happen yeah um uh speaking of another uh physical anomaly albeit in a different way number 6 for me is gail sayers and um the kansas Comet – did about as much as you could ask a running back in any era to do in a five to six year span. Uh, It it was absolutely incredible. I mean, this is one of those guys where we say like the stats are not going to be on the side. There's no no question. I mean, he, he didn't play long enough at all. Um, But the Kansas Comet absolutely lit the league on fire when he uh, came in, in the early sixties. And, He had that six-touchdown game against the 49ers in 1965, which is still talked about almost on a yearly basis as just one of the most incredible feats uh, ever seen. He did it from a receiving standpoint. He could do it from a rushing standpoint, return man ability. He had literally the all-encompassing, well-rounded skill set, probably one of the first to really have it to the degree that he had it. And... He's one of those guys, Mark, that you mentioned. Like you want to look at a highlight tape. Gail Sayers' highlight tape is unbelievable. It's it's one of the most incredible things to watch him uh, move horizontally and cover probably 150 yards on a 20-yard touchdown, but able to to find the end zone consistently. He only ended his career, you know, 56 total touchdowns in six years, which is you know pretty remarkable, especially for the you know the game slate and uh, and just you know how things were played back then, uh, you know, averaging just under 10 touchdowns a season during his run, five-time first-team All-Pro in that span as well. Of course, you know, injuries you know destroyed his career there, but hey, if he had been in the era during Adrian Peterson, you know, maybe then Gale Sayers is able to extend his career another six, seven years. Who knows what would have happened at that point? Uh, I think this, is, this could be, I, I mean, I'm interested to see where you have him on your list, but You know, this could be the one where it's kind of a point of contention for a lot of people because of the just limited amount of time that he was on the football field. But I think what he did with those minutes and with those carries uh, really can't be understated in terms of how productive and how incredibly talented the guy was. I would take him in his prime over so many people.
0: At number five on my list, Gale Sayers. So we're right there. Yeah, we're all right, right there. there we go. I, nice. I, okay. for, and maybe it's a little bit of Bears yeah. bias, but to me, a, it's one of those, it's a top five running back. Like, And again, like I'll put it this way. If you're young and you've never really watched Gale Sayers, and again, I've never watched Gale Sayers play live, and uh, rest his soul, he passed away last year. But Latavius Murray has more rushing yards than Gale Sayers. But there is yeah. a reason why Gail Sayers, even though he's 149th in the all-time rushing list, is on the NFL All-100 top 10 running backs of all time. There's a reason. And again, I have only seen the reason through all the highlights, and I think I've watched almost every carry of Gail Sayers' career through the highlights that are available. Uh, and it is just jaw-dropping. And it is jaw-dropping in the way where you look at it and you say, this translates to any era at any moment in NFL history and a guy who was so smart and honestly could also in modern day NFL be an insane receiver. I mean, he was big, tall, incredibly fast. And I think Christian McCaffrey,
1: like nowadays is, you know, like, obviously I'm not going to put that much praise on Christian, but like, you know, it's a skill set level though.
0: It's a, it's a way you watch him in the open field. It is shocking. It's shocking. And, you got to remember you think to yourself oh well who was he doing it against well again he was you you have to remember like the equipment that was available the surgeries the health, like he was doing it and like you watch some of the highlights and it's just mud and they're wearing leather shoes with some like nails in it it looks like I mean this is it's it's so rudimentary but any I, I do I, I tell you right now if you were to ask Emmett Smith, Earl Campbell, Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, any of the guys who mentioned Adrian Peterson, you say, hey, you're in the top 10 running backs of all time, and but you are behind Gale Sayers. None of them would have a problem with it because they understand the history you're of the right. game as well yeah. and what Gale Sayers brought. So I don't think there's anything else to say. Uh, he is a top five running back of all time for me. Now, I get the six point. I'm not going to argue that. I think it's totally valid, totally fine. Uh, he deserves to be in this top 10. He deserves to be in this top 10, and it's hard you're going to have to be an incredible, incredible talent with incredible numbers for years and years to come to ever get me to move uh, uh, Gail Sayers out of the top ten. That's for sure.
1: And you mentioned the mud. I think the six touchdown game was a very muddy game against the 49ers. And if I, if if my memory serves me correct, there's the, there's the one touchdown where he he's like in the corner of the end zone. He gets in, and he just like catapults. Yeah. Like face first into the mud and like his helmet you like his helmet almost
0: disappears because his his whole face is just submerged five yards mud. of sliding. It's insane. Yeah yeah,
1: it's yeah, just incredible, incredible stuff. And then yeah, just goes on to to continue doing uh, amazing work. All right, uh number five for me is Marshall Falk. So this is where right. we kind of have that that first kind of um several part uh spaces apart. Um, that would be Marshall Fogg for me. And, you know, the reason that I have him at number five is because of how unique of a all-around back he was. Um, his 19,000 yards from scrimmage is fifth all-time. Uh, and, and that's, you know, like, that's why, like, his, he has 12,000 yards rushing, but, but then the 7,000 uh, receiving as well, or roughly 7,000, um, to, to compound with his, you know, 136 total touchdowns. The guy could have been a Hall of Fame receiver and uh, and, and a Hall of Fame running back at the same time. It, it's it's amazing. His 767 career receptions uh, is more than Michael Irvin, more than Chad Johnson, more than Calvin Johnson. And, uh, yeah, you could talk about, you know, it's easier to get receptions right out of the backfield. But if, if we've watched uh, plenty of Marshall Falk highlights – a lot of these re- re- receptions, yes, did happen, you know, uh, behind the line of scrimmage. A lot of them though, did' not And uh, the guy could really make anything could ha- happen anywhere on the field. and uh, his shiftiness was almost one of a kind. I mean, you really, yeah, you know, the Gail Sayers obviously had that amazing ability to elude people. Barry Sanders has a very similar ability. Marshall Falk did it in such a unique way, though. I felt like he, like his, his ability to like stutter, and and find the hole, um, is probably the most elite vision that you can think of amongst uh, the running backs, and you know that's why I have him here. He was only a three time first team All Pro, um, you know. When we mentioned he's you know number five or between five and ten in a lot of those other categories, but I think the whole package that you put together with him. Uh, an underrated pass pro as well, which, you know, obviously you're not going to include that much for a running back, but it's important to mention that, you know, he, his uh, intellect is what really set him apart in some of those areas. And, um, and so, yeah, Marshall Fogg, number five for me, he, he changed uh, the game in a lot of ways paved the way for a lot of running backs that we see today
0: yeah no it, it was i'm I'm glad he's on your list i'm i was he was one of the names i kept circling like he hasn't said marshall Falkhead. he, he has said marshall yeah. Falk. Yes. i have no real issues with him being at five i i you know for me i think what it comes down to and why i maybe maybe i have him a little low i i think maybe if you're looking at it you could easily convince me to move him ahead of uh ahead of dickerson smith and and campbell um i would have a hard time putting him in front of adrian peterson and i think for me personally it's just running back style like i mean i'm always just if you notice my list i think compared to your list at this point a little bit I'm i favor the guys the physical running back who's a between the tackles a little bit more of, a, of that type of style and i think the other reason why i have him here is because the guy i have it for I think is the 100% version of this guy and and so Marshall Falks like the he's 90% of this guy kind of like I was saying Eric Dickerson is 85% of Sure. Yeah, so I have it number yeah. 4 Ladanian Tomlinson. And I okay. think Marshall Falk is 90% of Ladanian Tomlinson, but I think Ladanian Tomlinson even though numbers wise receiving not as good, a more prolific runner at uh, seventh all-time rushing, and almost a thousand y- more yards rushing in his career. Over over, I think for, over fourteen hundred more rushing yards in his career than Marshall Falk. Um, but I, I think there was just that little extra bit of special that LT has versus Marshall. But I, I don't think I don't know if Marshall would really argue hard on that. I, I don't know. I I just for me personally. It was just a preference thing, and so when I was trying to build my list, I say to myself, "Yeah, I could easily have Marshall right behind LT, but I, I favor Styles a little bit." So let me argue why LT I believe certainly deserves to be a top five running back of all time. Three-time first-team All-Pro, 145 rushing touchdowns. And I already told you, seventh all-time rushing, 13,684 yards. The first eight years of his career, over a thousand yards rushing including that insane 2006 season, which many could argue might be the greatest single season by a running back of all time. I certainly is in that category. 18,015 yards in 16 games on 348 carries, 28 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he is the start of what fantasy football is. I mean, that when, when you think about fantasy football for a running back, you think of, that Ladanian Tomlinson 2006 season, including the fact that he had 56 receptions, 508 yards, um, and uh, three touchdowns that year, he he was able to amass an incredible amount of receiving yards as well 4,772, which is on this list of these guys we talk about receiving yards, second to only Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk, uh, it was certainly, though, part of a an offense that at that point in time was a, a little bit more, you know, greatest show on turf and I'm part of those offenses that a little bit more featured in the passing game uh, compared to LT. But LT's uh, to me, besides Marshall Fark, I think you'd argue the second greatest reception running back of all time, receiving running back. You know, Marshall, L- Ladanian Tomlinson, it's also funny because I think LT then is 90% of a guy who's, I'm going to talk about him, I listen here in <laughs> a little bit, so it's just yeah. that, it's it's just that filling out it's that stylistic thing. I think Ladanian Tomlinson so special deservedly on um uh uh on this list and I think he is the biggest name that the NFL network and the NFL screwed up when they did their all-time all NFL 100 team. And it's hard I know you have to honor some guys from the 30s or the 20s or whatever but let's just be real. Ladanian Tomlinson was a, is an absolute freak show and he's a lot of like the best things i mean he's like if you combine saquon barkley and him at his peak of raw talent with christian mccaffrey too though it's it's an insane combination of what lt was and uh, and again i think it's a video game culture thing it's where we grew up in i favor him maybe a little bit more over even a, you know the 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 older school guys but i think lt would be an absolute beast in any era and I think there's three guys that are untouchable in the top three. And LT is my guy for me. I'd be like, besides the three untouchables in the top three, he's at number four.
1: Yeah, he might, you know, he's kind of like in that tier. Uh, that's a weird spot. I have met four as well. Okay. We, uh, we agree on that. And uh, for many of the same reasons. I agree. Marshall Falk was, you know, just, just slightly, um, you know, less of a overall put together, you know, version of LaDainian Tomlinson, which is why I have them ranked in in that order. Um, and and the big thing for me that separated LT, I mean, aside from the visor, because I, I think we all know that just the visor alone would probably catapult him a couple spots
0: uh, just for the style. Yeah, I mean, he looked amazing. Um, yeah, no, I know. And the powder I mean, that's blues, just... when you're running away from guys and juking guys out of their cleats in the powder blues, it, it always helps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why Deshaun Foster just missed the top 10 running backs of all time on my list. Too. Um, <laughs> Austin so, um, Eckler is going to be there soon <laughs> if they keep running those right, blues. Right. Yeah. Um, to, for, for me too. And and you touched on the, the rushing touchdowns, it, it, the, the guy is just a pure scorer, And that that's, you know, obviously in, in a game where scoring more points is the name of the game, uh, that obviously needs to be lauded. And, we talk about Marshall Falk's game-breaking ability, 136 total touchdowns. LT had 162 total touchdowns in his career. That's third all-time. And, you know, we're talking about some elite company there uh, with, you know, Jerry Rice with his 208, Emmett Smith with his 175, and then it's LT. I mean, it, it's hard to envision a better pure scorer at the position than Ladanian Tomlinson. For what he was able to do on the teams that he had, not to say that he wasn't on some good teams, but for the length of his career, certainly not on like a dominant team. Like The guy had to make some plays for himself, and he did it time and time again. That incredible 06 season speaks for itself. The scrimmage yards speak for themselves. He is sixth most on that list with 18,000, nearly 500. Uh, just an all-around incredible package. So, yeah, LT number four for me, and I agree with you. So it looks like um, we probably agree on these top three, but we'll see. We'll see. What, what do you have at three here? Well,
0: I can't imagine any the, the names being different, but I do think that maybe the order is different, and um, I'm going to go at number three with a guy that if you ask any running back or any NFL historian, I think most of them would just default say this person's number one. Um, but I, but I think if you really look at it and you really think about it, I'm going to make the case that why, uh, I'll be, it might be the crazy one, but I'm going to make the case of why I think there's two other guys better than him, but I'll just start with just praising this person. Cause there's no reason to fault on or hate this person. Cause they are an absolute, uh, hero, a Mount Rushmore NFL player. And it's Jim Brown. I have at number three, nine years, 12,312 yards, 106 rushing touchdowns. Caught the ball very well in an era where that just wasn't a thing. 2,499 yards receiving, 20 receiving touchdowns, uh, eight-time first-team All-Pro. He was the NFL from 1957 to 1965. And what I think was so unique about Jim Brown as well is he went on to have other careers and facets because he was so – he was the first NFL superstar in a time when NFL – uh, guys, they didn't they didn't transcend pop culture. You didn't have yeah. guys since it, Babe Ruth in sports, yeah. in general.
1: He was probably the first. Well, you but you did. You I mean, Jim. Muhammad and, I, and again,
0: it was a different world. You got to remember what was going on in the world in the in the in the just the United States in the fifties into the sixties. You know, you didn't have guys who hawked commercials. You didn't. The NFL games weren't on every TV all the time. But Jim Brown was able to then, who's so larger than life, so talented, so incredible. At a time, too, with black athletes and what he had to fight through and fight for, um, I, I think Jim Brown is just, he is not my number one running back of all time, but he may be uh, still one of the four faces you put on the Mount Rushmore of the NFL for his importance to the NFL game. And again, the numbers are just incredible. In 12 games, his second year as a 22-year-old in Cleveland, rushes for 1,527 yards, 17 touchdowns, and again, in an era it was all about stopping the run. Even when he was beat up and could no longer play, and his final year at a 29-year-old with shot knees, 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns, the guy could have kept going back probably another two or three years and and struggled through, you know, barely scraping a 1,000-yard seasons with how bad his knees were, but he was still just that physical, that good. Uh, But, you know, kudos to him. He he was able – he was one of those guys that, you know, back then too, having a nine-year career wasn't a short career. We look at it now we're like, only nine years, man. But that was an insanely long career. And what he was able to do, rushing for over 1,000 yards in all but two of those seasons. uh, Jim Brown, there's – the only thing I'll say is there's two guys ahead of him that I just think – In the modern day NFL would just be absolute studs where Jim Brown would be a great modern day NFL running back, but he would have to it was right now. He'd be more of a Derrick Henry type fit into that offense in that way. I just think there's two other guys that translate a little bit better. And I just think is pure as pure raw talent have just something a little bit more extra than the, than Jim Brown. But uh, Jim Brown, it almost hurts me to, to make a case against them, but, It's just not fair because we all know why Jim Brown deserves to be at one of the top three, probably number one, but he's number three on my list. I put Jim Brown.
1: Number three for me is, uh, of course, Clinton Portis. Yeah, Clinton Portis. Um, And, uh, yeah, nothing against the guy, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm joking, of course. Uh, Barry Sanders comes in at three for me. Um, And, you know, I'll say this. I'm sure you agree. These top three are fairly interchangeable. We could make cases for any one of gonna them. I'm not going to be being mad. Being or, or, yeah, I yeah.
0: completely agree.
1: It's very, very easy to do. Um, the one thing that, you know, like the thing that was tough for me, because Barry is someone that I think for a long time, I've considered the best running back of all time. And the reason I did for a long time was because of the trajectory he was on and and how he just cut his career short. Um, what he would have been able to do had he continued maybe two to three more seasons, he would have shattered Emmett Smith's record. Most likely had he not and back been injured, then It was you know, just, it was like Walter that. Payton's record back then. Correct. Right. Right. So for, for Barry to be on that trajectory shows to me how incredible he was now consistent. He was for li- literally a decade. Um, he led the league in rushing four times in his career He's a six time first team, all pro hundred and nine total touchdowns in his career. And look, like I mentioned, you know, he was on pace to beat everyone. He would be that guy that holds all the records. Uh, if he didn't walk away, I mean, he walked away, you know, with, with plenty left in the tank and a lot of people want to go out on top. And he certainly did at that time. So, um, you know, he's the one guy in this top three that has that unicorn ability where he was different than everyone else. I mean, the guy, you just couldn't touch him. And yes, he leads the NFL all time in negative yards. Um, because the guy did a lot of what he did looking at the defense from behind the line of scrimmage and finding a gap and then exploding through it. But but also Owning was the
0: played Go for ahead. the Detroit Lions. I mean, I mean, like, right. I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? The, 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 the Lions s- were s- not good. The they were team. just as bad as they are in, in the nineties as they are now as an organization. I mean, there was no, no playoff success. I think he got to playoffs once in his career. Uh, yeah. So no, again, you're, you're talking about literally putting the team on your back. Yeah.
1: And the, the highlight, um, against, uh, you know, his run against, I believe is the Cowboys where he literally, turns a linebacker around three times. It's just toying with them at that point. And that just completely bursts through. It's like a 45 yard run um, to the end zone. Barry Sanders was the guy that could break it on any play. Like that's, that's something that probably the next two here, you couldn't really say like, like they, they so, and a lot of these guys in this list were big playmakers, but they weren't a threat to, necessarily every single play, you know, Marshall fall kind of yeah. had that LT kind of had that Barry though was the guy it's like, dude, he could go 85 any moment. And, and no one would blink an eye, his incredible trajectory in, and his incredible production in 10 years, you know, easy top three.
0: Yeah, no, you're going to, you're not going to get any arguments for me. Cause I have Barry Sanders at number two on the list, 15,269 yards at what you saying uh, 10 years, 2000 um yards in uh in 16 games in uh 2 and 1997 again the six time first team all pro i will say this you know 97 uh, 99 touchdowns uh he had the 2,921 uh 21 receiving yards 10 touchdowns as well over 1000 yards in every season of his career so even when he retired with plenty left in the tank and he retired because he walked away saying to himself If I go again, I may not be able to walk when I'm 60 years old, and he took that into consideration. A lot of that was again the organization. I think a lot of the what we see from Calvin Johnson, it does justify Barry Sanders even more and how incredible he was. The Detroit Lions is an organization; they can't shy away from the fact they. I honestly think you can make the argument the most purely talented running back of all time is Barry Sanders. And the most purely ca- talented and gifted wide receiver of all time is Calvin Johnson. And there's a reason why both their careers are cut short. Uh, sorry, Detroit Lions fans. And I think they know too, they feel bad about it as well. Uh, and, and I think Barry Sanders to me, when you talk about running backs at all time, greats, it's the, it's the Tom Brady. It's the argument of like Tom Brady out of it, but he's like the Aaron Rodgers. Where you can make the argument that it's like, no, no, he's the greatest of all time. Just purely talent. Because when you watch the film, he's like Patrick Mahomes. He does things that no one else on planet Earth has ever done. And Barry Sanders is the type of guy. And I think he's the only one you can honestly say this about. If you took him in his prime in 94, 95, somewhere on that. And you literally put him on a 1930s football roster. They would honestly call the FBI and be like, that's an alien. Like that that <laughs> dude, that dude is not is doing it's like This is something's illegal here. It'd be like putting LeBron James on a nineteen fifties basketball team. You'd be like, what in God's name was that? That is not allowed. How is that man that fast, that shifty, that big, that strong? And I mean, he literally could do it all, but I think there's one thing. The reason why he's not number one for me, and I think it's there's it's an unquantifiable thing. It's just not quantifiable, but I think you can see it in the highlights. Um, And um, uh, you know, it's a we'll get to it, obviously. But I, I, you know, I think it's obvious now who you know my number one is. We've gone through my list. If you've been been counting along along the ways, Uh, so again, I'm not going to make that argument of why that person. I'll say this about Barry Sanders. It is so hard putting anyone above Jim Brown, but I think I, I again think Jim Brown. If you ask him, you talk about Barry Sanders and the other guy on my list. I think you'll also get the respect of it. There's a reason why he's is where he is. Uh, Barry Sanders is, I think, in my opinion, I'll state it and I'll and I'll live with this, the most talented running back to ever play the game of football.
1: Yeah, and and that's uh, you know I'm a, of a similar mindset there. Definitely the talent level. He uh, he he beats everybody there. I think maybe what you were alluding to, possibly there at the end, uh, when talking about that unquantifiable thing, maybe it was Hart, uh, some guy that had the quote "never die easy." Yes. Uh, Walter Payton comes in at number two. Okay. And uh, and that was that was a tough one too. Um, obviously, you know it, it's pretty clear where we're going with the list at this point. But um, look, I mean you just watch the highlights and every single one is a guy that just like, he's not, he's not going to take a playoff ever, 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 ever. And you know, it's amazing. His first career game was what eight carries for zero yards. Yeah, I believe. And then you, you see where, where he goes from there to where he ended up in his career. Uh, when I think of Walter Payton, I think about a constantly moving, uh, train, And a battering ram of sorts. Which is interesting because I'm not sure if that reputation is spoken about enough when talked about Walter. Is his aggressive nature when he's running... I mean, his whole thing was about, like, he wanted to hurt the defender. That's why, like, he had that deadly forearm that he would just absolutely knock guys away from him with. Uh, He wasn't a guy that's just going to run out of bounds. You know, he he was looking for the contact. And that contributed to a lot of extra yards, even the yard where he, um, the run where he broke Emmett Smith's uh, record well, against uh, the Saints. Jim Brown's like, record. Or er, er, Jim Brown's record, I'm sorry, yeah. Um, when it, when, and, and that was such a monumental moment in NFL history uh, where everyone's watching it because, obviously, it had been a couple decades since Jim Brown had set the record. Uh, e- even when Walter Payton did it against the Saints there, it was – it was him, you know, moving his way through a few Saints there and, you know, diving forward and getting an extra few yards. It's like that is that is Walter Payton. And then you think about him skying over at the goal line, who, you know, LT would later go on to emulate uh, in his years uh, later. Everything about Walter, seven-time first-team All-Pro, um, easily could make the case as the greatest running back of all time. I have it number two uh, just because, you know, I think Jim Brown did – did some things that I'll mention uh, when we get there that, that just put him slightly ahead of him for me there, but it's super tough. And um, you know, we talk about the versatility as well that I've talked about throughout this list. Walter Payton certainly was a guy that could not only run pass pro and catch. He was a guy that could pass too. And and we we saw him even get under center for the bears in, in a game or two during his time. So I'm sure you have plenty to say about Walter so I'll, I'll kind of give you the floor to segue there as well. I mean,
0: you said pretty much everything. I think the thing to when you have to put Walter Payton into perspective is Walter Payton, and if you had to put him in Madden, he is a ninety-nine in everything. There is no one. There was no one category he wasn't great at. He yes. You know, maybe Barry had him beat in a couple little things. Maybe it was slight shiftiness or something else, but Walter was right there behind him. I mean, Walter, you're absolutely right. There is is no one who would run over guys, an undersized guy out of Jackson State as well. So there was no one who was more willing to take on contact, but then also... Was a gazelle and could fly, legitimately fly over defenders and over the line of scrimmage. He could outrun you. He could embarrass you in front of your friends and family with a simple cut move. He he threw multiple touchdowns in his career. He's a guy. Also, though, when we talk about receiving the football, there's only two other guys on this list of our list of top ten that more reception yards and receptions than Walter Payton, and that's the other two guys, LT. And Marshall Falk. And you would ask LT and Marshall Falk, they would always say they wanted to be a combination of Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. You want Barry Sanders' hips, and you want everything else from Walter Payton, that determination, that drive, that grit, that heart. There is a reason why it is the Walter Payton man of NFL man of the year. It is, It was. there was always the award. It was the NFL man of the year award. It was always an award. And there is a reason why they decided, you know what? we need to rename this the Walter Payton NFL man of the year. This is a guy that was the was the offense for the 85 Bears. I don't think that should be understated as, at all as well. He was the guy that joined again a bad franchise. The NFL the Bears were terrible through the late 70s into the early 80s and all he did from 76 through 81 for five straight year was to go 1300 1800 1300 1600 1400 1200 in 16 game seasons playing every one of those games he's a guy that starred in the nfl when his 14 game seasons as well in his 14 game season 1800 yards uh, uh and 14 touchdowns 132 yards per game for a terrible bears team in 1977 and I do think there's something to be said, and I want to make the case again because if you put Barry one, if you put well, uh, Jim Brown one, or you put Walter one, you're not going to hear too much argument from me. It's a little bit of preference. I think, though, the thing that connects all three of them as well versus any other guy in the top five, of, uh, in the top running backs of all time, you look at it, there are, if you look at the list, Of the top 26 rushers of all time by yards, number 26 is Thomas Jones with 10,591, all the way up to end to one with Emmitt Smith. There's only three of the guys in the top 26 who played for the same team. Jim Brown at 11 only played for Cleveland. Barry Sanders at four only played for Detroit. And Walter Payton at two, he only played for the Chicago Bears. There's something I think magical about that it also adds the mythology of what those guys were. When they were done, they didn't go to another team. Now I get it. Some of these guys were traded or their teams literally moved and they multiple teams, but there's part of that mythology of and I think Walter embodies it completely because when he ended his career with the Bears, he had more in the tank. He could have padded his lead, his stats of why he is uh why you know he had the rushing title when he retired, but he had legitimately Nothing left in the tank. He had nothing left to prove. And it walked off, uh, you know, uh, at, at 1987, two years after that Super Bowl run when the Bears were kind of falling apart there. You know, they were good in 86, kind of fell apart in 87. And by the, by the late 80s, early 90s, the Bears weren't what the Bears were anymore as the NFL continued to change and the 49ers and the, and the 90s Cowboys started coming around as well. Uh, Walter Payton, to me, is the greatest running back of all time. And I believe he is on the Mount Rushmore of NFL players as well. I think that's a debatable argument off the top of my head. I think there's three that I would put on there automatically. It's Peyton Brown and Tom Brady. I, those three are on it for me. I don't know where else you go with it, but Walter Payton is again. I'll end it with. There's a reason why it's the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough to argue with that. Honestly, I mean, it's it's Walter Payton sweetness for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, and- you just you can't. And the work ethic, too. I mean, unmatched work hills, ethic from, you from that all, standpoint. The, the, all yep. the stories. Yep, no question. Uh, so I, I have Jim Brown at one. Um, and, you know, to their credit, you know, Walter and Barry each had an NFL MVP under their belt. Jim Brown had three. A three-time <laughs> NFL yeah. MVP. Um, we already mentioned eight-time first-team All-Pro. That's that's just unreal. By the way, so Walter was seven-time first-team All-Pro. That's that's incredible, too. I When I was... Going back through stuff, that's a stat I didn't know. I didn't know he was a seven-time. It makes sense, but I just – that's a lot. That's a lot of all pros, man. Um, So, you know, that just shows how dominant these guys were during their times. But um, I think uh, the only thing that kind of catapulted it for me with with Jim Brown is, you know, they have, like, the same number of career total touchdowns. Jim Brown has one more. Uh, But Jim Brown retired at 29 in 1965. After a fifteen hundred yard season and after a league MVP, yeah, like the dude just twenty nine years old on top of the world. I'm gonna go do movies and stuff, and and what he did too with what he, with with his uh, position and platform, you know, like he broke those a lot of racial barriers. Yeah, uh, he broke racial barriers obviously in in film. Um, you know, he was a, he was a known activist. You know, he was kind of in that Muhammad Ali tier. Oh, um, absolutely. And, and so. With, with that legend status, that's kind of why I have him at one. I, I, I think all three of these guys are 1A, 1B, 1C. Um, I just have Jim Brown there because of that legendary status, um, what he meant, what, what he paved the way for, uh, on top of the talent. You know, he had the talent. He had that talent level uh, that no one could, you know, argue with, being the best in his sport eight times. Uh, throughout throughout his career, and leading the league in rushing all eight times as well. He was like, never hurt either, you know, the durability, something all these guys really in the top three had. So, yeah, that that was the one thing that separated it for me. But really, I mean, I think I agree a lot with your list. You know, I, I, I had Earl Campbell, Marcus Allen, um, Bo Jackson, and Tony Dorsett, you know, right there, kind of after the top ten. You know Jerome Bettis, Thurman Thomas, Marion Motley; those guys kind of like were were my eleven through twenty range type of guys, uh, and, and they were just tough to fit in there. Yeah, um, we only you know, Curtis Martin too. But we uh, only
0: yeah, have so. the only disagreement is I have Earl Campbell and you have OJ Simpson, and you know yeah, for me that's the only difference. For yeah. me, I just looked at them as well, and OJ not making my list was mainly based on the fact that I wanted Earl on my list, and I and. I just didn't see then OJ being better than any of those other guys, and that was more of that preference of mm-hmm. me wanting Earl just to represent that era of football and what he and what he was as a talent in that era. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Frank Gore. You know, he, it's tough. You know, Frank Gore is one of those guys that he's a, will be a deserved first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, no question, and, yeah, absolutely. And, yep. and but I would put it. But there. again, Frank Gore. At his even at Frank Gore's. Prime powers when Frank Gore was uh, was very very good. He never was. It, it's a weird. He's got a little bit of that. Um, it's a little bit of of of, uh, of uh, Drew Brees as well. He never was the best in the NFL, even in his prime. In his prime years, in years like when he rushed for twelve hundred yards two years in a row in eleven and twelve. Well, that's Adrian Peterson in, in his prime. In his early years, and he breaks into the league and was it was very good as a young running back in San Francisco, rushing for sixteen hundred yards and eleven hundred yards in, in 06 and 07. Well, you're talking about prime LT years as well. And 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 yeah. Frank Gore, to be honest as well, was just never um that special in anything, but he had that it's a lot like Emmett Smith. His career, he is and it's funny, I keep using this reference. He's 90% of Emmitt Smith. But the problem is, I, I just, again, it's that special. It's that uniqueness. Now, if you're telling me that you end up with Frank Gore as the starting running back in your in his prime on your all-NFL team or whatever, you're in really good shape. Like, I mean, you have, you're, <laughs> you have a first yeah. ballot Hall of Famer.
1: You'll score some touchdowns. At now.
0: the running back position. And it's a lot like, you know, uh, it's a lot like the wide receiver position as well. I mean, look at all these guys we didn't even mention. I got John Riggins as well, deservedly so. Should be mentioned amongst the all-time greats. Marcus Allen, Franco Harris. Uh, I agree. Uh, The bus uh, was like... I think the bus for me was almost 11 at that point in time as well. Just because of the uniqueness. And you could argue what he had in his special. He was fat uh, Barry Sanders. I mean, he's literally... It's weird... You but you're like no well he's a fat guy he's he probably just runs yeah, he was no. fast for his
1: size he was no fat I mean, he was just fast period oh yeah but, just yeah. fat
0: Barry Sanders I mean very interesting guys but also the running back position is a hard one because you think oh well, if you have over ten thousand yards aren't you a Hall of Famer well you got guys like Tiki Barber twenty seventh on the list at a thousand at ten thousand yards so, as I mentioned Thomas Jones. You know, a, a lot of guys yeah. were able to get to that ten thousand mark. Good, all probably. of them, all of them, haul Very Good. The work done to the world. LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy is going to sit there and he's going to trump that he should be a, 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 a Hall of Famer. That's a tough one. It's a haul Very Good. I think I in think a lot of these guys for the for running backs, you need to hit into that. Okay, if you're you you need to at least in, be in the ten thousand yard mark for me to consider you like a Marshawn Lynch. I would put Marshawn Lynch ahead of LaShawn McCoy in the. In the pantheon of running backs, and as far as the Hall of Fame go voting goes as well, uh, just because of his importance to single single teams in the winning, and culturally what Marshawn Lynch did, but again, it's hard. Eddie George is right there as well. I mean, Eddie George is an incredible running back, but again, shortened shortened career. So, but just to put us in that perspective, everyone is like, oh well, modern guys like a who's the hot name in running backs right now? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's got a long way to go before he even sniffs what it would be like to be near the top 10 list. I mean, he's at 5,800 yards after two incredible seasons. He needs not a th- another 2,000-yard season, but Derrick Henry needs at least five more years of over 1,000 yards rushing. So, yeah. uh, you know, if Derrick yep. Henry can be around... It just shows you how hard it is to uh, yes. like, to get that consistency. Again, wow. you said yourself, a guy who's freakishly talented like a Derrick Henry who's, who's on top of the league right now, he easily needs five more years of 1,100 yards rushing to be like, all right, now you can start talking about Derek to Henry in the same breath that you talk about guys that didn't even make our list, like a Jerome Bettis, an Edgar and James, a Marcus Allen. So it's a, it is a tough list to get into the top 10 for, but I think rightfully so, you and I, nine of the 10 we completely, we completely agree on and almost positioning, besides a little bit of just preference with Marshall Falk, it's not shocking that the guys who are in the top ten are in the top ten for a reason. They had that little bit of extra special, combined with some longevity, or just the fact that their special, like a Gail Sayers, was so undeniably special. Longevity doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, yep, totally agree. Well, there you have it. That is our list, folks. That was a fun one. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it as well. And you know, please feel free to tell us your thoughts and and where you agree or disagree. Uh, you know, we've got a few other position groups to go through. Whether it's uh, we address it this summer or we do it next off season, uh, we'll be able to spread these out a little bit. But these are always fun to kind of compare lists. And uh, yeah, ours was pretty similar, so that's you know good to see. Uh, we we at least have like similar ideas of uh, of how we rank these running backs. And you know, a few of them were obviously no brainers, but there there's some variance there, uh, depending on you know taste and and preference and things like that. But Yeah, that's been our uh, Top Ten Running Backs of All Time show here on the Football Lounge. A great way to uh, cap things off. Hope everyone had a great Fourth of July, by the way. Oh, yeah. um, We will be on a one-week hiatus, so no episode next week. We're going to take a week off, but we'll be back. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything right now, but we think the week we're coming back might be a a pretty extra special episode. can try do something a little different. Yeah, definitely, definitely getting a little quirky with it, and uh, hopefully getting some guests involved as well. So we got that coming down the pike. But uh, for the time being, everyone enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you back here in a couple weeks.